Anything wrong, Davey? Yeah. I got paid today. Oh, yeah, I know what that's like. No, you don't understand. They laid me off. I got one of these. Yeah, I know how that feels. You know what I'd like to do? Yeah, I know what you'd like to do. You'd like to find the guy that did it. Rip his still beating heart out of his chest and hold it in front of his face so he can see how black it is before he dies. Actually, I was thinking about filing agreements with the union. Well, the world's a twisted place. Chris Gowser here with Matt Howell. And this week, we'll discuss the latest entry into the MCU and Sam Raimi's directorial return uh, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Then Cage Fest continues with the, I'm not sure what this is supposed to be, kill chain. And as, as always, we'll break down the physical media releases, the straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week, and then we'll wrap up the show with our five favorite Marvel post-credit sequences. Holy crap, you are excited. Let's get this show on the road with a clip from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Every night, I dream the same dream. And then... The nightmare begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. Oh, boy, was he right, man. <laughs> so let's spend a few minutes to talk about Doctor Strange. My first question for you is, and I'm going to ask you to explain what it's about, but something that I was I don't quite understand. Right. They never abbreviate doctor. It's never DR period. Right. Is there a reason for that? Is it, like, is it a copyright thing, maybe? That's a good question. I don't know. Now, I was never a big fan of Doctor Strange in the comics, but I can't think of an instance even in the comics where they use DR when they're talking about Doctor Strange. And it's also not Doctor Strange PhD in the multiverse <laughs> of madness either, which is weird. Either well, way, he's an, well, he's an people MD. get hung up on that. He's an MD, so... That's yeah, true. I'm yeah. sorry. You're, you're entirely right about that. Well, it could be both. Hey, he's supposed be. to be brilliant. It could be. Matt, what is Doctor Strange, no abbreviation, just spell it out, and the multiverse of madness all about? Uh, as you'll know if you were a fan of the MCU, uh, Doctor Strange... Um, had some multiverse shenanigans in, Star- in Spider-Man No Way Home. Things have progressed from that point when a traveler um, from apparently the, the multiverse uh, lands in their version of New York, gets into trouble, and she learns that she is being chased uh, through the various worlds of the multiverse by a demon that is looking to take control of her power so that uh, it can wreak havoc across the multiverse. And Doctor Strange says... Not on my watch, and he helps her to try and stop that. 
Now, I'm not familiar with America Chavez. Mm -hmm. This is his character's name. And I guess her ability is that she can jump from one multiverse to the mm -hmm. other. But there is no alternate version of her anywhere in the multiverse. Yeah. She's a single unique being. And I thought, I like, I like the concept. I think it's an interesting character. And I like that we get somebody new in here that I'm clearly not familiar with. Um, I think we can talk a little bit too, Matt, because I, like you, had never been a big fan of Doctor Strange in any capacity. Right. So uh, we'll see how the, the MCU handles that. But I guess my big question is, we bring in Sam Raimi. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, Scott Derrickson and Robert Cargill are let go, though I believe they are producers on this film. They're the ones that did the first Doctor mm -hmm. Strange film. And a film that I did revisit in anticipation of watching this film right. and holds up. I got to admit, Matt, I was a little apprehensive because I thought, oh, I enjoyed it the first one, but I don't know if it's going to really work now a few years later. And it does. Mm -hmm. It actually is pretty good. And I think that's maybe mostly on the strength of Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm -hmm. But still, um, I enjoyed my rewatch. Did you do a strange rewatch in anticipation? I, I didn't, but I had actually caught up with it uh, probably about six months ago. And I... I liked it better on repeated viewings than I did the first time around. Yeah, I think that's true. But Derrickson, and the two of them, I should say, did Sinister. Mm. Okay, and they're now working, and they have a new project coming out called was The Black Mask with Ethan Hawke that's supposed to be very, very good. Right. Uh, early buzz is very positive. But they were let go, and I'm not really quite sure why. Um, I think one of the rumors is that they wanted to go kind of full horror mm. with this film, and then they bring in what one of the godfathers of 70s 80s horror sam raimi mm -hmm. uh so what are your thoughts matt does the mcu actually now have its first horror film and um was raimi able to be raimi mm -hmm. in a system that kind of tends to confine its director Ooh, that's a lot of questions there so um i think first i think this is the closest thing we get to horror in the mcu i mean there are some creepy scenes there are some things that are has more unsettling imagery than you're used to seeing in the mcu mm -hmm. and there was even i think even one stupid jump scare that actually kind of got me a little bit um but i as far as is this a sam raimi film no i think his fingerprints are on this i think there are flashes yeah. of things that you see and when you see those things are probably the most interesting parts of the film but i think he's still kind of constrained by either the Marvel style or just the kind of level of control that people have got for better or for worse. Um, I mean, I think maybe for worse with the product that we got, but I can't say if he had been given complete reign, it would have been better because he has a polarizing style. I think that's fair. I think that they do go from Derrickson and I think Raimi, this is going to sound weird, but to escalate into maybe a more traditional horror film for the MCU if you're going to go from somebody like Derrickson and Cargill, I think the guy you would go to would be Raimi mm -hmm. because he's able to balance that and he's able to do it with a bit of a wink as well and, you know, and incorporate some comedy or some, I don't know, how would I put it, like air of quotes, good vibes mm -hmm. into the experience. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know, Matt. So there's a lot of talk about this. And I think, do you want to do spoiler stuff on this? Or do you want to, let's finish this discussion, do a couple minutes on spoilers? Yeah. And that people can skip through? Sure. All right, Matt, I'm going to say this. I want your reaction to it. This is not an event film. And I think maybe a lot of people may have thought it was going to mm -hmm. be, that this was going to be the film that brings in all the Fox characters yeah. and kind of is this big thing. But it's not. What are your thoughts on yeah, it? Yeah, I agree with that statement. I was, I didn't really 
do much reading on this at all. I didn't want to be spoiled at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched the trailers, but that's about it. So I actually was kind of expecting an event film. I was expecting something more along the lines of a No Way Home, where you kind of get something much more ain't, ain't that cool kind of stuff that you would see. Um, well, that's not really here. I think um, there are a couple things that are brought in, but I think even the things that are brought in are kind of underwhelming for the most part. Um I don't think it's any secret that Patrick Stewart's in this from the um, trailer, since his voice is in the trailer. Um, You know, so when he rolls up and the, like, the old uh, cartoon X-Men theme plays, I thought that was kind of lame um, that they actually went with that. Um, We'll talk about that in the spoiler. I have lots of problems (laughs) with that entire sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But ultimately, this, this film is in one of those strange places where it feels at once overstuffed and half-baked but also at the same time very slight like there's not really anything of real consequence going on here i found it really hard to really get into this um i think really what the problem was is they either needed to a lean into the villain more and kind of really focus on that because there are some really effective sequences with the villain in this and that i thought were really well done and i that's kind of like some of those, the pure Raimi stuff, like when they're being chased underneath, uh, throughout the facility, underneath the tunnels and stuff like that. I thought that was really yep. good. Or they needed to really lean into the multiverse and make this more of an event film. They kind of straddle the line for, to both, and it just doesn't work. Interesting. So it doesn't work. Expand on that. Let's get into it then. What are your general thoughts about the film then? It doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, I think it feels, it's it's a little bloated with ideas um i think at the same time it just didn't really connect with me it seems a little um like i wasn't really having fun the way i usually do with a lot of marvel films i there are really good sequences in this but it's offset by stuff that's i don't want to say it's bad but it can just be kind of boring um i i don't know i thought it was a an underwhelming middling mcu entry for me no, I thought this was pretty solid for me. And so I am, between the two of us, it's no surprise, I am the harsher critic yeah. of the uh, MCU films. But I actually quite enjoyed this. I think that there are a lot of interesting elements with it. I think it's, like you said, it's not an event film. There is some really bad, I think, pandering fan service in the film we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, and I had some disappointments. But is... As a smaller film that I was not expecting, and I like you, I did my best not to find anything, to learn anything about mm-hmm. the movie. Like, I didn't know who the main villain is. I didn't know, you know, so I was able to kind of engage in those surprises. I think some of the horror elements in this really work, especially for a, I'm not going to say like a PG-13 film, because that's all the discussion on film Twitter right now is about about that. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's very entertaining. I had a lot of fun with Doctor Strange here. I, again, I think it's on the strength of of um, Cumberbatch's performance in this film. I'm not sure why I like him so much in this role, and and it's weird because I think one of the faults of the film is that even though he's likable and fun, and I never it's again as you said it's never a character I had any affection for. I feel like there's no real kind of personal development for him in this film mm-hmm. at all or really anybody in the film right. even with america chavez going through her character's arc it's still kind of by the numbers you know exactly what's going to ha- kind of happen when she gets to her big conclusion 
but it's entertaining, really, you know? And it's one of those where I actually feel like the people I hate, which is like, can't you just kind of shut up and enjoy the movie? <laughs> just have fun with it? Because that's, I think, what this is. Right. It is it, it is solid MCU with some tinges of horror, some interesting cameos. Um, I, I'll say this because it's not a big surprise. You know, we get Bruce Campbell yeah. in a really sweet homage. Sweet for me. Yeah. But a loving homage, especially to the Evil Dead Part 2 yeah. at the end of the yeah. film. Um, which I wanted to use for the stinger this week, but I could not find a very, I could not find a, an audibly good quality version of it to, to pull. But um, yeah, and to Danny Elfman, I think knocks it out of the park here mm-hmm. with his score. One of the best Elfman scores I've heard in a while. Now, maybe I'm still sour on that Justice League job he did, which is just atrocious, but I got to cut him some slack because I think he got that job with like, what, two weeks to go right. or something like that. So, uh, and then there's some really interesting stuff. There's a fight scene with animated like reincar like i don't know what is it possessed or spirits no no no, no the, the music notes oh scene, yeah that is which yeah, i thought that was pretty cool yeah it's clever that to me is a sam raimi move yeah. it totally just kind of absurdist outrageous but very effective and interesting um we do have some as you said fingerprint stuff there are some close-ups and some zooms right that raimi is known for um and it is at times, I think, effectively gory. Mm-hmm. There are some characters who meet their ends in a PG-13 way, right? Where they can't really show you what happens. Yeah. But, you know, it's that theater of the mind stuff that kind of makes it even worse. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's more successful than it's not, yeah. is what I'll say for sure. I think it's solid, solid stuff. Yeah, I think it's... I think part of it is... It's weird. I think it may part of it may be the character, and maybe I'll soften on this film on repeat viewings and with some distance to it. I I like Doctor Strange kind of in his supporting role, like as the Iron Man who just kind of shows up in like other films and is there mm-hmm. for a little bit and leaves. Like I don't I find it difficult to kind of connect with him on like a a kind of whole film aspect and i i like better well, you don't connect with any of these characters none of them i think that's one of the faults of the film i don't think you connect with any in this movie. film no you really don't yeah. um i i just i don't know i like i like benedict cumberbatch i think he does a good job i just i don't know what it was like like you said there are flashes of this there are scenes like when the villains fighting you know having the big kind of fight that you alluded to with some of the more gruesome deaths in it. I thought that was really cool. The chase, um, the kind of end battle with the, you know, uh, between the villain and strange, I thought was a clever way to kind of bring some of that stuff up and had some really interesting visuals. Um, yeah, there are things there. Are, and what's, that's what I find frustrating about the movie. There are things that I really, really like about this, but there's the other parts just, it left me so blah that it kind of dragged the whole enterprise down for me. I, I don't know what I was expecting, what I was hoping for. I was hoping for maybe something more exhilarating to somebody like me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I want to also say, while I'm disappointed in the film with what I got, I didn't hate it by any means. I thought it was still a pretty good movie. It's just that I feel like there was a lot left on the floor of either my expectations or what they could have done. Are you like disappointed, you think, because it wasn't an event film where everybody kind of gets brought in? Maybe, maybe. Um, that could have been part of it. Because honestly, what's the point of bringing in who they brought in if they're not going to like kind of go with that? It seems kind of like a... 
weird way to just kind of have these things happen and then just drop it and we'll never see it again. Yeah. Fair. Interesting. I know. Well, I think we're going to, right? Yeah. I think it works as a teaser, but in a way, I feel like it's Thanos all over again, mm. where we have that it was at the end of Age of Ultron when he puts the glove yeah. on and he's like, all right, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. And then we don't see and nothing happens for like three years. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's where we are with this stuff where we're going to get peaks and stuff of, of what's out there, mm. but who knows when it's actually going to be introduced with everything. What is next in the in the series too what's the next film in the mcu i don't even know uh it's well thor it's thor love and thunder okay well that's not gonna that's not they're not gonna do i don't think anything with no they're not with the multiverse in that film and then it's guardian what is guardian no they just wrapped guardians yeah it's not that uh they just brought out the mcu schedule but it's kind of confusing because they also put the tv shows on there yeah, huh. I saw somebody did the yeoman's work of actually putting everything in order, really, including the TV shows, what to watch things in in in, in uh, numeric order, but in you know in timeline order, it's just insane. To okay, so so basically, including TV, we've got Ms. Marvel actually coming up next before we get Thor. That comes out in June, um, then Thor, then we get She Hulk sometime before the end of the year, but that's also a TV show, um, a Werewolf by Night. A Halloween special, and then the next oh, fun. the next film is Wakanda Forever, Black Panther two. After Thor, yeah, okay. And after that, we get next year is Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians three, the Marvels, which is Captain Marvel two, mm-hmm. right? And then it says on Wikipedia the Fantastic Four. Okay, I want to see about that. Did you finish Moon Knight yet? I'm two episodes. I did. Out. I have finished Moon Knight. Yes, I I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. I did. I liked it. I liked it. And I will point out that while I don't know if this is a spoiler for you, Chris, but I'm going to say it anyway. I, we don't get, you know, Dracula, you effing nerd. You owe me, where's my money? You know, no. We don't get any of that, <laughs> but we do get, I think, I hope you noticed that uh, we did get a kind of nod to random bullshit go when he's fighting some guys uh, in a horse ring. Um, that, so that was exciting for me when that happened. Oh, I did see yeah, that part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Good times. I haven't watched What If yet either. Have you seen What I If? Have. So I guess that plays a, a part in this. Yeah, film, it's actually. it's actually pretty important for where they're going with the multiverse. So you should probably watch it. Um, it's good. It's I enjoyed it. I you know it's it's kind of uh, as an animated film. It's a little or animated series. It's a little more I think kid friendly, but it's it's fun. Yeah, well, that's all right. Well, I'll add it to the list. <sighs> Though I did watch that um, Ben Kenobi trailer yeah. and Sweet Pete. That is right in my yeah, wheelhouse. That was pretty good. So, any other thoughts on Doctor Strange before we get into spoilers? Um, I guess I'll say this. Like I said, uh, depending on what your expectations are, you may be disappointed, or may you may be, you know, you may find it an enjoyable little romp um, where you land on Sam Raimi. I think is going to really apply to a lot of that. I think, I think it's okay. I'm going to give it a B minus as a film. There you go. All right. Yeah, it it is kind of a a, a neutered Sam Raimi adventure. But even then, I'm uh, gonna buy a ticket to that. Um, they said solid, solid entry. You know, I, I I enjoyed myself watching this thing. The uh, Dolby experience was awesome, at least with that. So yeah, I gave again worlds apart. Doctor Strange gets a B from me. So <laughs> good times. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly, Matt, talk about my experience i don't know if you know but there is a new drink associated oh, with dr strange oh, in the multiverse i did not Madness. know that no 
so I have to maintain uh, our new segment. It's called The Sorcerer. Okay. And it is great. Is it? It, it <laughs> features Crystal Skull Vodka, uh, a passion fruit mixer, uh, and, and then a, a house-made sweet and sour mix. Okay. And then they put some red sugar around the rim of the glass. Okay. And very, very good. And my bartender took care of me because I took care of him. And it definitely made the uh, film experience that much more enjoyable. Well, see, that's why Chris liked it so much better than me. Is he was he was a little tipsy always <laughs> watching it. the thing. But yeah, no, it's pretty good. If you like, you know, everybody knows. Well, if you don't know, I like my drinks fruity, mm. right? Outside of uh, like what old fashioned is probably my favorite mm. hard drink, and then my beers as fruity as possible. Okay. So um, yeah, for the sorcerer drink, I'm going to give that sucker an A minus. I uh, rather enjoy it. So, so better than the the blood drink from uh, from Mor- Morbius. I think so because of the passion fruit. Okay, all right. Yep. That's what pushed it over the edge for you. Yeah, that's it. So there you I'm go. I'm still hoping they Get make your a, where you can. they make a drink out of this uh special seagram's maverick top gun flavor that you can partake in i know it's soda so i don't i don't drink soda anymore so maybe i'll just taste it i'll do a little taste test mm-hmm. but that would be it yeah. have you heard the uh, early buzz at a top gun maverick is again another one through the roof that it's like even better than the original but the, the original's not that good. well i think there's it's more of a it's more of a snapshot of a particular time yeah. in history than it is yeah. a, a great Top film. Gun is very much a film of its time, which always really surprised me that Chris had never seen it, being a child of the eighties that he is. Yeah. Um did they did you get like the like fifteen minute long like preview? Yeah, the the, the yeah the little sneak yeah. peek when he's uh dogfighting with everybody. Yeah. I can say at the very good. least the dogfighting and playing scenes look absolutely fantastic. So I don't know. I'm yeah. here for it. That's it. All right, Matt, let's keep rolling with uh, Doctor Strange and talk about some spoilers. You have been warned. The timestamps are in the description of the show, so feel free to jump ahead to the uh, physical media picks, Matt. All right, let's talk about first, I guess, the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. This is the big reveal when we get a bunch of the Fox characters are brought in, including, as we all know, Charles Xavier, or Patrick Stewart, who, man. I'm glad to see he's still working, but sweet Pete, yeah, he's old. he is old. Yeah, I mean, try watching him in the Picard series where he's supposed to be like shooting people and getting into fights. It's it's not working. Yeah, so uh, that role in when so Chiwetel Ejiofor um, returns as Mordor. When I was kind of hoping he was going to be our big villain or at least play a larger capacity, mm-hmm. he is in the film, so it's fine. But when he does that line delivery, it says, ah, the final member is here or something like that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God. And Xavier rolls out in his big ass, you know, right. uh, wheelchair from like the first X-Men film. And it's bad. And that whole scene, I think, is bad. Though I'm excited about the introduction of Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. And I guess fans got their wish yeah. right so who is who plays reed richards that's john krasinski which uh i'd be interested to see if this is kind of a one-time thing or if it's you know gonna be significant it's gonna keep changing as we go through i don't know and he did look great yeah, he did. i mean he seems to fit the role mm-hmm. and i wonder if that means emily blunt will play uh the invisible woman as well i mean why not yeah, pretty awesome, i yeah. guess all right mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I saw that, I mean, that was one of the big theme, what well, fan pushes for a very long time yeah. was Krasinski for uh, Mr. Fantastic. And it's good. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. 
Sharon Carter shows up as Captain. Is it Captain Britain? No, uh, who is Captain it? Carter. It? That's a nod. She, Captain that, there's a whole episode of What If on that, so that's where that's come yeah. from. Yeah. So and that's fine. But oof, she's one of the people that does not meet a good end mm-hmm. in this film. I thought that was interesting too. That basically Raymond he takes them all yeah, out. Yeah, he does. And it is pretty intense. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the reveal of the Illuminati? We even we get Black Bolt yeah, as well, yeah. who gets taken out again in disturbing fashion. Yes, he does. I mean, it was fine. Um, I was hoping for more. Um, I knew Captain Carter was one because I believe I somehow caught a uh, TV spot where they showed the shield. So I knew what was going to happen. Right. Um, you know, Krasinski was cool, but I think the rest of them, you know, the uh, different version of of uh, Captain Marvel, um, where instead of it being um, Brie Larson's character, it was one of the other characters from the original film. I can't even remember their names. Yep. Um, and then Rambo, Rambo, Maria yeah. Rambo. She actually she was the one in the Vision and Scarlet Witch series too. So right? I think it's so. a different actor so the actor the actor in the in the wandavision series is supposed to be the daughter of her best friend which is the rambo character it's but oh that's right it's what's her name from um no time to die yeah. plays her in the uh lashana lynch yeah. right that's who plays her in this film yeah, yeah lashana lynch. so yeah it's the best friend uh from from the original captain marvel yeah i guess uh, uh you know like i said before the whole X-Men theme, the whole X-Men cartoon 97 theme, I kind of rolled my eyes when they started doing that. Um, everybody gets taken out really super quick. Uh, somehow, Professor X does not come across as like the most powerful telepath in the world with his... Yeah, he should have been able to take her out like that. I know, he should have been. It's it's crazy. Um, his pointing, I thought, was hilarious. I did, and the little... The little again nod to the cartoon where he puts his hands on his head and you see the like the waves coming out Mm -hmm. in circles. I don't know. Like I was hoping for a lot more from that, but it wasn't that great. But what do you think about Wanda Scarlet Witch actually becoming the villain, which she has several times in in the comic books? Yeah, great. I mean, I I think they did a good job mostly of masking that. Though when I look at the poster now for the film, it's pretty obvious, right? (laughs) But. Uh, yeah, no, I had not anticipated that. I thought the way they left WandaVision was, you know, that maybe she was going to kind of seek some help right. and maybe kind of, but no, she goes off the deep end in this. Now, uh, I don't know how much of it is corruption from the dark hole right. type of thing. Cause right. Cause she goes off with Agatha, yeah. right? At the end of WandaVision. Uh, she kind of takes all of Agatha's power and then she takes the dark hold. So she's got all that evil, right, right, evil right. energy from Agatha that she got. And so I guess is it so is it corrupt her or is she go mad or is it just kind of a little bit of both? I think it's both, um, but also I guess the idea that you know in this that Scarlet Witch is kind of this elemental thing that's either destined to conquer the universe or destroy it. I guess it's kind of like the way they were setting it up. It's like inevitable that she's going to do something nuts. Yeah, and I know in the uh, West Coast Avengers series when that whole thing with her kids. Mm-hmm. Was that, I think it was who wrote was that Grunewald and Englehart? I can't remember now. But uh there's a whole thing about how her kids were made up and uh she kind of goes crazy afterwards yeah. when she realizes what happened. Um well, that was a John Byrne run. Excuse me, that was a John Byrne run. Either way, it was yeah, I thought I liked her as the villain. I think having her having this long arc, I mean, she did have a rough time, yeah. right? Loses her brother, yeah. then creates these kids who don't really exist, and then she has to I will say when she says like I, I, she killed the vision and it meant nothing, mm. 
you know, and then she loses her kids. And you know, I mean, it, she's had a rough trip. So her taking this turn, I think, was effective. And I, I didn't kind of enjoy her as the villain and how just relentless and kind of evil she really became. Yeah. And I think there was really no way for her to come back from the events in this film. Yeah, so you think we're done with Scarlet Witch, or do you think she's going to come back as a villain in the future? I think I think she, we're done. I thought she kind of killed herself yeah. in the film. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's one of these things where she gets crushed by rubble and always, 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 if you don't see a body, that doesn't necessarily, there's, there's no uh, guarantees kind of thing. That's true. And she does supposedly what destroys Darkhold in the entire multiverse. Right, right. And there's, I get, there's that. So there's always an opportunity for an alternate Wanda to come in. And at some point we're going to have to merge these universes yeah. at some point, yeah. right? So we can bring in the X-Men and bring in uh, what who, whomever there. So... Yeah, I guess so. I guess at some point, maybe Elizabeth Olsen will be back in some capacity. Yeah, I guess we'll... I think Elizabeth Olsen's always kind of said that her favorite you know, storyline was House of M, where the whole famous No More Mutants thing. So maybe they'll do a reverse. Uh, they'll be, you know, she'll bring in mutants into it through her world arts-wing powers, we'll see. Interesting. What else, Matt? What other spoiler we talk do you uh, have for... Uh, surprisingly little. I think that's basically it, right? I mean, there's nothing else in here that is kind of like a revelatory spoiler for the most part, right? I mean, nothing else no, I... really kind of rises to that occasion. Yeah, I mean, really, it's... if it, Any clumsy missteps in this film, it's the Illuminati scene, mm. which I think could have been really good, but felt very fan service and just... I don't know. It's just really poorly related to us, I think. Yeah. Uh, a couple disappointments I have, too. I was really hoping, and I know it's going to take forever, I guess, but no Doctor Doom in any capacity. Mm. I would like to have had something like that. And again, what are we doing with Kang? Yeah. We introduce him in this whole multiverse concept, and nothing. Nary a mention of him again. It's like, again, it's like I said earlier, the Thanos thing all over yeah. again. We're going to introduce him and he's not going to show up for three more years. Yeah. At least with the, that's the Infinity stuff, we would get little bits and pieces of all of that. Mm. But I feel like there's outside of of Loki, there's been nothing with Kang. Well, I guess so. There's, there's I have two thoughts on that. So one, there is going to be a Loki season two. So I don't know if they're saving Kang for that to really kind of bring it in. But I think they also have the problem where they have to kind of tie off the kind of stories that they've kind of built for some of these characters and it doesn't make sense to yeah. kind of bring in that other stuff at this point i think there was an opportunity to do it with kang um with with this film but like i don't think there's really we're going to see anything like that in guardians i don't think we're going to see anything like that in thor or black panther so i think no. they're kind of like they're kind of ending off the the cappers of these stories and they're kind of before they move into the next event thing and i i'm okay with that for the most part but Man, I would have loved, uh, yeah, like if they had with this whole concept of the multiverse. I'm so I'm so sad they didn't go to like a Doom World or like a Planet Hulk or or any of the cool mm -hmm. things they could have done, but they just squandered it, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple other minor notes. Uh, I like that we got one of the Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange suits. Mm -hmm. That was uh, fun to see. There's the Marvel Zombies nod, and in the end, Charlize Theron shows up as Clea. Yeah. So I guess we can say adios to Rachel McAdams as a love interest, because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the character I think that Doctor Strange actually like marries yeah. in the com comic series is Clea. 
So we'll have to see where that goes. It looks like we are going to, at some point, get a Doctor Strange 3. Yeah. So we'll see how that shakes out, which I'm all on board for. And uh, yeah, happy to see Bruce Campbell. I, I'll say this. I don't care about the Inhumans. Let's bring on the X-Men, yeah, please. please. You can. I, I feel, it's like Mean Girls or whatever. It's like Fetch. You're not going to make the, the Inhumans. It's not, it's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. It's not. No. So good times. All right. Any other thing else, Matt, for uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, temper your expectations, guys, and you'll probably have a better time than I did. Yeah. Benedict Wong, Sorcerer Supreme. I kind of like that. That was kind of fun. So, And we get Michael Stuhlbark, who just doesn't really do anything. <laughs> so, good times. If you've seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Whew, that's a lot of Doctor Strange talk, Matt. Let's talk now about what's coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, May 17th. I think, Matt, for both of us, one of the larger disappointments that we've had recently. What are your plans? I don't know. What's your future look like? I don't know. How do you like working at Tiny Toes? I hate working at Tiny Toes. You should start your own business. <laughs> what business should I be in? I don't know. What do you like? I don't know. You're an actress. You should be an actress. <laughs> so how'd you become such a hotshot actor? I'm a showman. It's my calling. <sighs> I don't know how to do anything else. It's what I'm meant to do. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I've been a song and dance Come man. Come on. Ever since you were a kid. Song and dance man. <laughs> Where are your parents? My mom works for me. Oh, of course she does. Yes, she does that in my public sense. relations company. In your public relations company? Because you have that. Yes. And you're an actor. Yes. And you're a secret agent too. <laughs> well, no, I'm not a secret agent. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Licorice Pizza Matt from Paul Thomas Anderson is getting its physical immediate release this upcoming Tuesday, May 17th. Again, disappointing. It was okay. It was okay. Includes some, uh, let's see here, camera tests, unused takes, deleted scenes, and some more. Uh, Matt, coming up as well, a film I'm really interested in, we want to do for the show. I keep hearing great buzz about it. It's, a, it's a, I think it's Japanese uh, horror film called The Sadness mm. is being released about a young couple trying to reunite amongst a, uh, amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into deranged, bloodthirsty sadists. It's supposed to be hitting Shudder, I think, in about a month. And it is supposed to be just absolutely intense. And if you're a gore hound, you're supposed to, you're gonna love this thing. So I'll have to check that out, Matt. One of our favorite directors, Antoine Fuqua, has a new movie out called Infinite, <laughs> featuring Mark Wahlberg, Chutel Giafor, uh Dylan O'Brien, Jason Manzukis. But Amanda discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. Mm. Includes some making of featurettes. Interesting about Dylan O'Brien. Have you heard that supposedly the uh, WB is looking to replace Ezra Miller as the Flash with O'Brien? I have heard that, yes. No, no, uh, what's his name? Grant Dustin? Dustin Grant? Grant Gustin? Yeah, Grant Gustin. Yeah, yeah, no, I guess not. I think O'Brien would be fine in that role. I liked him in that uh, movie we did, what, Loving Something? Love that Monsters. zombie movie? Loving Monsters. Yeah, 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 I thought he was great in yeah. that. And I don't know if this is legit or if this is just put out by Dylan O'Brien's people. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, either way, I think a change is a coming. Also coming out, Matt, is the anime film Bell, 
uh, includes the original Japanese English audio soundtracks about a teenage girl who lives between modern day Japan and a virtual world called You. Uh, a bunch of feature arts on this. I hear lots of good things about this film. I guess this was some big, big film that came out, an animated film. Yeah. So uh, uh, this is a genre that I have very little experience in. Maybe that'd be a good marathon for next year. But yeah, so I, I suppose this is a big deal. So I wanted to let you know about it. Sundown um, from Mikhail Franco is being released, featuring Tim Roth and Charlie Gainsbourg, about a wealthy man who attempts to abandon his life while vacationing in Acapulco. It's supposed to be a really interesting uh, kind of study about this Tim Roth and his life and some crazy ending. Kicking Blood, a vampire love story, when Anna, a centuries-old vampire, watches Robbie, a charming but reckless young man, recover from his alcoholism. She decides to quit blood and restore her humanity. Shudder is releasing Death Valley, Mercenaries with nothing to lose are hired to rescue a bioengineer imprisoned in a Cold War bunker. Upon entering the ominous facility, Matt, they find themselves in a fight for their lives when they come under attack from an unknown and deadly creature. Features cast and crew commentary and a making of featurette. The uh, Wormwood series, I guess there was another film uh, previously. This one is called Apocalypse. It's a sequel. Uh, basically, it's a zombie movie in Australia. Okay. I haven't seen the original. I supposedly it has some good moments, um, but I have not had a chance to see it. Uh, Gagarin, Yuri fights to save his hometown, which he shares with his namesake, Yuri Gagarin, uh, from Demolition. Grasshopper Films is releasing Red Post on Escher Street. A filmmaker opens auditions for a new film and a wave of experience and aspiring actors scramble to apply, hoping for a chance to work with the genius director. Behind the scenes, though, Matt, production quickly spirals out of control. A Day to Die. I'm assuming maybe this is one of the last films. Uh, Kevin Dillon, Frank Grill, and Bruce Willis. It's a disgraced parole officer indebted to a local gang must come up with $2 million in 12 hours to pay them off, save his wife, and settle an old score. New to Blu-ray, uh, coming from Criterion, The Funeral, uh, Yuzo Atami's film. Shokichi Amamiya is a difficult 69-year-old man, Matt, married to Kikyu. He dies suddenly of a heart attack and falls to his daughter, Shizuko, and his son, Wabasuke, to organize the funeral at their house. High definition restoration on that one. New interviews, a short program uh, produced for the Criterion Channel, and more are for that one. Matt, one of my favorite films as a youth, Top Secret, is getting its Blu-ray reissue with a digital copy. Includes some alternate scenes in a group audio commentary with the directors and producers. Brian De Palma's Femme Fatale is getting a release from Shout Factory. This is a Rebecca Romaine Antonio Banderas film. Brand new 2K restoration on that one. And two new interviews, along with some uh, legacy features. Lionsgate, I hate you. Uh, Extreme Prejudice is being released. I believe this is a Nick Nolte film by Walter Hill. About a Texas Ranger and a ruthless narcotics kingpin. There were childhood friends. Now they are adversaries. Warner Archive is releasing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This is the old school one. Arrow is releasing The Scare Maker, also known as Girls' Night Out. A brand new 2K restoration of that film, Matt. This is the one about a killer who wears a dancing bear suit <laughs> who stalks a variety of cheerleaders during an all-night scavenger hunt at remote Ohio college. Uh, Arrow, man, they have another recall on their hands that they got to figure out. Their 12 Monkeys UHD yeah. supposedly has an issue where it there's a scene where it replicates the scene for like 10 seconds with like no sound. Interesting. And this seems to... Yeah, I don't know what it is with some of these boutique releases. Arrow seems to have an issue. Like, every other release, there's something wrong. Right. So, they got to get their quality control uh, down there. I don't know what's going on. 
Violent City, also known as The Final Shot or The Family, is being released. A brand new 2K restoration of that one. It's an old, I think, Italian uh, gangster film. Kino Lorber is releasing, without warning, the uh, Alien Invasion film featuring Jack Palance and Martin Landau gets a 2K restoration. Includes an audio commentary and more. Scorpion releasing is releasing Desaad about the um, Marquis Desaad, one of those films. Matt knows all about those. <laughs> Joining a 2K restoration there. UHD releases Matt Permount is putting out The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. This is the John Ford film featuring John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart, as well as Vera Miles and Lee Marvin. Um, we get a brand new making of kind of featurette featuring Leonard Malton, who talks about the film and more. Studio Canal's 4K restoration of Escape from New York is being released by Shout Factory. There is a uh, bunch of stuff, Matt, included in this one. They have like a, a standalone disc, right? Then they have one that has like a pins, like, like you know, like metal pins. Mm-hmm. And then they have um, one, I think, that has a little vinyl soundtrack, but it's a short, like, like with one or two songs. Um, a nice looking box and more um yeah it's they do this with a lot of their big films so i don't i don't know if i i have this on blue i don't know if i'll be upgrading this to 4k i mean escape from new york's fun but let's let's you know take a break yeah. beverly hills cop 2 the tony scott film is being released in 4k so now two of the three bhc films will be in uhd the craft is getting its uhd release and then Best Buy is releasing a steelbook of Hell or High Water in 4K. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week. I'm going to go with World Ends at Camp Z. The present camp owner is forced to entertain the new buyer, then learns of his evil intentions towards the land. In order to stop the sale, Matt, he has tricks up his sleeve. But a zombie uprising was never one of them. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? All right, well, you got some choices this week. So um, for big releases, The Lost City, starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, is available for your streaming pleasure on Paramount+. Plus. kind of a throwback to Romancing the Stone, where the two of them are kind of at odds, potential friends slash lovers looking for a treasure. Also, if you didn't catch up with it, Matrix Resurrections is back permanently on HBO Max as of this week, so you can check that out as well if you like. But... I am ultimately going to recommend, you want to see PG-13 horror? Let's watch PG-13 horror with Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell about a woman who has an eating disorder who comes afoul of a someone who, uh, I don't know, has uh, powers, a witch of some kind, um, when she's mm-hmm. wronged and she makes this person's life, uh, well, a living hell. It's available on Hulu for your streaming pleasure right now. And it is gross as hell, but no blood. Drag Me to Hell is great. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a long time. i got to put that back in the player at some point. All right, folks, you know what time it is. Cage Fest! <laughs> I'm a vampire! 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 But don't you see? That's what she was there for. That was the plan. To give you a boner. <laughs> and you got one. Congratulations, you're human. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Oh, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file. 
according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, do you X, Y, Z? Huh? That's all you have to do. Very good. You know your alphabet. I never misspelled anything. Not once, not one time. I'd like to take his, his face off. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of yourself? Am I getting through to you? Over! What are you gonna do for me? What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day. Wake up, son. I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. You're in my shirt! You're in my shirt! I'm Nick fucking All right, Matt. So this week on Cage Fest, we're going to discuss Kill Chain, currently available on Amazon Prime. And it is about... It's about, um, I don't know. Uh, there is Nick Cage shows up in the beginning and then he disappears for 42 minutes <laughs> and then he shows up again and then does some things, shoots a couple people, mm-hmm. poisons one guy, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool, I guess. And then, the, and then it's over and then the, the issue is I don't I don't want this, Matt. I don't want to watch Kill Chain featuring special guest Nick Cage. <laughs> I don't want 40 minutes of cageless action. Mm-hmm. It's one of these kind of interlinking narrative things, right? Where every, everything seems to everybody has seems to have their own little story arcs, but really they're all tied together yeah, right. in the end. Right. Except I still don't quite grasp the opening Hitman connection part of it. Uh, no, you don't? Okay, I get it. I get it. I know where... I mean, I, there's the guy that was sent to kill the Hitman, yeah. the other Hitman, which is that he's our linchpin for... The, he's the first domino. Yeah. But I don't get the first Hitman where Cage goes back to him. Do you, do, yeah, you explain so that the... to me? The first hitman was there. So like he when the the hitman Okay. So when the, the guy can we just spoil this? Can we just spoil this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who cares? Yeah. yeah who so cares? the guy who set the kids on fire, the guy who was what not the older hitman, the younger hitman. Yeah. When he did that, the older hitman was there. Like he was standing right, right next to him. So he didn't light the match, but he didn't stop him either. So Cage held him responsible as well right because the kids were related to part of the thing with his partner's kid yeah, exactly is that what yeah, it was that's what it was yeah right okay that's what it was right. all right that's my fault then i wasn't i don't know what there's a problem is that the film is a little convoluted by trying to create this big narrative flow mm. and these interlinking stories it doesn't really work to kind of collapse into confusion because 
I don't think the director's a good enough job tying everything together. Mm-hmm. And it features really a I will say the script is a tad cliched. I'm going to be generous and say it's a tad cliched at times, but there is an energy to it. Right. But the problem is, again, this is ostensibly a Nick Cage film, kind of barely. Right. And I think another thing that the thing screws up on is that it tries to relay Cage as this kind of unrelenting kind of badass who's kind of chill for a while while he's waiting for his plan to kind of go into motion right right? but the plan is so preposterous and all these certain things would have to occur for things to happen the way he needs them to happen that it just doesn't it doesn't make logical sense and i also don't buy nick as the super john wickian (laughs) badass who's just kind of waiting in the weeds no they don't do a good enough job to relay that to us i don't think i don't know matt what do you think am i wrong is kill chain really an unknown gem no no it's not um i think you hit the nail on the head i mean they're trying to do this kind of convoluted high concept uh story that uh you know is a kill chain guys yeah i said the thing um they (laughs) kind of go through each of these things and how they're interconnected and it's supposed to kind of blow your mind how it kind of all resolves but the story isn't good enough. 99% of the actors in this are not good enough to pull any of this off. They're all pretty much terrible to atrocious somewhere on that level, except for Nick Cage. Um, yeah. And this thing doesn't really become watchable until Nick Cage is on the screen. Like, no, And don't get me wrong. He's not great in this, but some, there's something about Nick Cage that he's such a good actor where at least it's watchable when he's on screen. And as Chris mm-hmm. says... First 45 minutes are cage less, and that is just unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and there is like a scene with Annabelle Costa, who's talking to Cage's character here, and she's like, I saw your hands, and your hands have dealt violence, or something like that. It's really this overwrought yeah. kind of dialogue every now and then that just kind of punctures through this film. That really, it, And it's just, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And like you said, just the entire lack of cage in half the film is just a horrible miscalculation. I don't know if it's more just that's all they could afford or that's all the time cage had. Right. I don't know. And I will praise the film for, you know what? Hey, no yellow filter in Mexico. So congratulations. Yeah, I was very they happy. They have a lot of that. green and blue filters, but uh, no yellow filter. Yeah, that's true. So, but I don't know. I, I would have been more on board with this if cage was more of a presence and then they handled his character a little more deftly as making him the kind of the badass. But I don't know, Matt. Uh, this is, I'm hoping this is not the beginning of the end for our Cage <laughs> Fest where we're, it's all downhill from here because this was not not great, Matt. No. I'm, I'm going to give Kill Chain a D plus. Yeah, I'm going to give Kill Chain a D. Um, you know you're in trouble when the opening title sequence of a feature film it looks like something you would see on the WB, like or CW, whatever it is these days. Um, it's not, not good. Very bad. No. Not good. Not good. No. I don't really, really. I don't really have anything else to add for Kill Chain. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. So as I said, currently available on Amazon Prime. So is it Prime? Yeah, it's yeah, Prime. Because Max was last week's Army of One. Okay, let's hope things uh, pick up next week. Um, we'll see about that, Matt. Let's let's get back to the good times 
and share our five favorite MCU post-credit scenes. Going subatomic in five, four, three, two, one. All right, Scott, this is a mic check. Mic check, one, two, one, two. How's everybody doing tonight in the quantum realm? Scott, we read you. I just want to make sure. Okay, healing particle secured for our new ghost friend. Great. Preparing for re-entry in five, four, three. Hello? Ha ha, very funny. Hank, quit screwing around. You told me yourself not to screw around. Hank! Hope? Janet! Guys. Guys! Okay, seriously, don't joke around. Bring me up, let's go! Guys! Uh-oh. Wonder what happened there. <laughs> so, we're at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp as they go into the quantum realm. They get blinked. Mm-hmm. The other characters get blinked out of existence, and now Scott is stuck. Right. And it's been four years now since that happened. All right? And we have no idea what's happened yeah. with them. Yeah. See, I this kind of stuff that frustrates me. And that's also a film that, that I did not care for. I remember watching Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I think what I described it as, it's everything that's great and horrible about the MCU is personified in Ant-Man and the Wasp. See, I like Ant-Man. I like the Ant-Man films. I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought it was pretty fun. But they Well, I like Paul Rudd and Michael Peña a yeah. lot. Well, they 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 come back. They come back. They're at the the final battle with uh, Thanos and Endgame. Oh, are they? I don't remember. Well, the Wasp is for are sure. They? Um Oh, that's yeah. right. How could you forget that girl power scene? She's in that. Oh, good god. <laughs> It's been so long. I keep well, yeah. that, I right, watched that the enough. other day, and like you see, like Captain Marvel come up and Iron, you know, Iron Heart or whatever uh, the Pepper Potts version of Iron Man is, and uh, uh, the Wasp. Okay, like oh yeah, these are all superpowered. Then you see like Mantis walk up. Like, what is Mantis gonna do? She can't do shit. <laughs> That's her <laughs> whole thing. Good times. All right, Matt, start us off. What's your fifth favorite? Uh... MCU post credit scene. All right, so my fifth favorite is a throwaway. It is from the original Avengers. Um, there is a throwaway line where uh, Tony Stark says to Loki, uh, "Let's get shawarma." I I've never had it. I really want to try it. There's a place down the road, and as a little throwaway gag stinger, I think maybe the first one of the gag stingers that we've seen at the very end. You see the Avengers sitting in the rubble eating shawarma and my favorite part about this is that this was shot way after the fact they all had to come back uh chris evans had a beard from filming uh uh, knives out that's why he doesn't show his face um while he's in it um and it's just uh i thought it was a fun little throwaway knives out he didn't have a beard knives out he must be thinking of something must be thinking of something else then yeah and that was i think years later knives out like six eight anyway either way yes good times Oh, no, he had a beard in that movie he did for Apple where he played the dad of the really gifted oh, kid. Right, I wonder yeah, if that's what it was from. That's probably the right, yeah. right time frame. So my number five then, I maybe it's just newness bias, but I'm going uh, Bruce Campbell's Pizza Papa <laughs> in the Evil Dead <laughs> reference there. I think that 
out of what one of the biggest Sam Raimi touches in the entire film is the very last scene in Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. when you know Pizza Papa's punched himself in the face and then says, you know, it's over. And the film ends. <laughs> and uh I don't know, it's just I got my Evil Dead 2 reference. I got my Bruce Campbell. I got one of the purest Sam Raimi moments in the entire film. So, uh, yeah, Pizza Papa end credit scene is my five. Okay. Pizza Papa, Pizza Papa. <laughs> I just like saying it. <laughs> I kind of wish they had Pizza Papa, Pizza Pop Balls. Those looked really good. Yeah, but how do you pick them? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, my number four then is um, at the end of Civil War where. Uh, you get introduced to the Maximovs. It was our first kind of semi-introduction to mutants, even though they're not mutants. But you see uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver and uh, Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch for the first time being looked over by uh, Baron Von Strucker and uh, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, Toby's, uh, whatever his name is. But it's a- Arnim Zola. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Dr. Zola. Um so yeah, you see, you see the kind of the first kind of inklings that you're gonna get of mutants, and I was very excited for it. I they didn't turn out to be mutants, but it was at least something. Yeah, that was a fun one. I think. Yeah, true. Good man, Van Strucker. They didn't really do anything with either. No. That was what a waste that was. They really pushed aside the Nazi stuff really fast. Yes, they did. Uh, my number four then is Thor's visit at the end of Doctor Strange. Mm. When uh, Strange is asking him about his brother and what's going on and what he can do to get them off the planet. But my favorite part is just when Strange refills his beer for him, <laughs> yeah. you know, and he Thor just looks at the glass as it fills back up. And he's like, there's this subtle just moment of joy in his face. Uh, so, yeah, that's my four is Thor's visit at the end of Doctor Strange. All right. Uh, my number three, then, is um, at the end of Infinity War, as Thanos has snapped, you start to see some of the effects of the snap in real time as Maria Hill and, yeah. and Fury are sitting in the car. You get to see the kind of the chaos and the destruction, you know, planes and, and helicopters flying out of the sky, people screaming, don't know what's going on. And then they kill off Fury and and Maria Hill. And that is something I did not expect them to see, that they would kill both of them off as part of the snap. Yeah, granted, he hits the beeper and calls Captain Marvel, but that's not the part that really kind of seemed really cool to me. It's the fact that they're getting rid of the guy who has a plan for everything. And it's like, what are they going to do now? Mm, interesting. I'd never thought about it that way. Mine was always oh, Captain. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> so my number three is one of the OGs, Matt, one of the old school ones as well. And that is uh, Phil Coulson finding Thor's hammer mm-hmm. um, reporting in from the desert. Right. And that was one of the few times that's when I was still like all in on this stuff yeah. and I was super excited about yeah. it. And I did really geek out at that moment. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's Thor's hammer. Thor's going to be here. Cool. You know, now I'm jaded and miserable all the time. <laughs> but that part, that was, I don't know. There's something really cool and fun about that. Well, I then I will refer to my number two as my second geekiest part that I thought was great. It was when at the end of the original Iron Man, when you see Samuel Jackson walk out and you're like, oh shit, that's Nick Fury. And then he starts talking about the Avengers initiative and it's like, oh crap, they have a huge plan for this. Or at least they have some kind of plan for this where they're going to bring in all these other characters. And I was super stoked for what was going to come. There you go. Uh, let's see here, Matt. My number two, then Spider-Man Homecoming, Captain America's PSA about having patience. And sometimes, you know, there's nothing, nothing happens yeah. or whatever it is. 
Uh, I think that was a lot of fun. It was probably one of my, it's obviously one of my favorites. It made me laugh the hardest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's my number two. Honorable mention for me. That is a really funny gag as a, as a screw you to, to, to the audience having to sit there. Yes. <laughs> All right. So my number one then is after the credits roll from uh, Far From Home, it suddenly just picks up right away. And you hear that that familiar voice of J.K. Simmons as the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. Without the flat top, unfortunately. But he is back, and I was mm. incredibly happy about that. Where they out they out Peter Parker as the Spider-Man. And in perfect cut to the rest of the credit scenes. I thought it was fantastic. It was by far one of my favorites of the, of the end credit scenes. Of the 50 plus that we've gotten so far. Yeah, that's actually my number one as well. Yes. When uh, Holland's what the minute f- <laughs> cuts is uh, yeah that is hilarious too that is a great one so yeah you we have the same number one not really that surprising uh, honorable mentions for you um, other than the uh, Captain America PSA I thought the um, Ebony Blade from the Eternals was probably more interesting than the actual Eternals movie getting to see the Black Knight and the voice of uh, Marsha Hollis Ali's uh, blade in the side mm-hmm. was really exciting. That is a good one. I also had uh, Shang-Chi and Katie meeting Wong, Bruce and Cam- Carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Adam Warlock reveal at the end of Guardians 2 yeah. with his little birthing chamber thing. Um, what else here? We have well, I got, we got Ant-Man trapped. We used for the opening. Captain Marvel we talked about. And then I guess the Watcher is basically having enough of Stan Lee on the moon there, wherever it is, at the end of Guardians yeah. 2 as yeah. well. So there you go. Good times, folks. What's your favorite MCU post-credit sequence? As you hear my dog shake her collar. <laughs> uh, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what's coming up next week on The Big Shoe? Uh, so Cage Fest continues with Vengeance, a love story. Hopefully it kind of we get a bit of an upswing here. And we're also getting the latest Stephen King adaption, which I dare say does not look that good, but it's going to be Firestarter. <laughs> Good times, good times. I'm excited for the top five, five best Stephen King scares. So um, that ought to be uh, pretty good. In the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you will find us. Head on over to the uh, website itself. There we can find an archive of all the old shows. You can see the report card and more. Check that out there, thefirstrun.com. And uh, also go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. I think that's it, Matt. So let's go ahead and take an extended break, and we will see you all soon. We love you. Take care. Why did you attack Sergeant Kluger? I didn't know who it was. I just saw him pull a gun on a girl. Might I remind you, Mr. Rivers, that the penalty for murder is death by firing squad. Let us hope for your sake that Sergeant Kluger survives. Yeah. It is a hospital, my general. What is the condition of Sergeant Kruger? Yes, I see. Well, let me know if there's any change in his condition. He's dead. <laughs>